History is made by the Republic of Ireland. I'm honestly speechless. I mean, we're going to a World Cup, but it's what dreams are made of. For all the best reaction to the girls in green qualifying for the World Cup, subscribe to the OTB Football Podcast stream now. Rugby on Off The Ball With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team We all belong to the team of us Paul O'Connell, delighted to be here at Limerick's International Rugby Experience Tell me a little bit about it Yeah, the the International Rugby Experience is a project that's been in the making for quite some time now Um, It's a very exciting project but it's been challenging because we've been constructing it during Covid so it's been tough in that regard but it's a a tourist destination in the middle of the the city centre um, and I suppose it has rugby at its heart which is a, a big part of of, of Limerick's story, you know, with Tom and Park, Munster Rugby, the club game, the internationals that have come here, that are, the internationals that have come from here, the international teams that have played here and lost here down, down through the years. So um, it tells the story of, of rugby, not through, I suppose, the history of the game. It tells it through the, the, the five values of of world rugby and it tells it through the, the journey of a player from grassroots to legendary status as well. So um, Neil McLaughlin designed the building here and, and James Alexander and, and Event Communications now have uh, have designed the interior of the building. So we're at the point now where the building is, is, is kind of finished, it's kind of safe to show people around the building and the installo- installation of the actual experience is about to start happening now over the next number of weeks. So it's a day when we get to show some of the people from tourism and from the city around so that they can I suppose understand what the project is about um, because you know we've been telling people it's not a museum it's an experience and uh, people are trying to get their head around that so it's it's an exciting day and it's the start you know even though it isn't the start for us it's it's a bit of the start of, of, of the building beginning to open up a little bit. And it's quite a journey I'm sure you've been on especially if you're going through it during Covid as well and it's six stories high and it's quite immersive as well so people can come here and get involved in it. Yeah, yeah, it's very interactive. There's everything from, you know, you can engage in the little stories of the game, and there's but there's a, a skills floor as well where, where you know, there's a kicking interactive where Johnny Wilkinson will take you through uh, how to kick a rugby ball the right way and the different types of kicks, and you can measure the speed, the height, uh, the spin on your kick, all that kind of stuff. There's the same for 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 footwork. There's a, something similar for passing. So um, you know, there's a referee interactive where Nigel Owens will introduce it and take you through a few tricky decisions and things like that so it's you know there's 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 something here for young kids there's something here for for avid fans for future fans for families there's something here for everyone and it's male and female legends of the game absolutely yeah of course of course it is um, uh, and that's been one of the most enjoyable things of the project is is you know, I, we've been picking up the phone to players uh, since 2017. Uh, you know, we, some players we would have been picking up the phone to asking them to be involved. We wouldn't have even known what we were asking them. But when you mention Limerick and you mention rugby and you mention uh, the people that are involved in the project, players haven't haven't hesitated to 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 agree to be involved um, and all on a voluntary basis. So that's been brilliant for us. And JP McManus is involved as well. 
Yeah, well, it's his idea. Uh, it's his idea from the start. I mean, it's not like it's not like someone came up with the idea and asked him to fund it. Um, it it's his idea, and, and obviously he's funding it. You know, with this spectacular building in the middle of the city centre that we can all be so proud of. You know, it's a, I suppose the initial idea from Neil McLaughlin, the architect, was that it was a cathedral of rugby. You know, we've a, you know, we've these spires that that kind of. Uh, stick up throughout the city and this is another uh, building that kind of uh, raises its head above the above the parapet and it's a, a cathedral to rugby so um, yeah it's 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 been amazing to be involved in something that's been done so well uh, with such great intentions at its heart and and the city is, has to be thankful to JP McManus and his family for doing it. Amazing we look forward to it opening I know you said it's probably the new year no exact date yet but we're, we're waiting for the new year. Yeah the new year probably yeah um, you know there'll probably be a, a few groups in testing the place out before that but uh, probably the new year. Amazing and how's life for you besides all of this I'm sure it's very hectic three kids as well. <laughs> yeah it is very hectic we're just back from Bloemfontein we were there with Emerging Ireland so I was there for the last two and a half weeks uh, with some young Irish rugby players it was a brilliant experience for us um, you know I suppose Bloemfontein <laughs> it, it, it was it was beautiful we stayed in a great hotel we could walk straight across the road to the famous Grey College which has produced some of the uh, I think as a school has produced more Springboks than any other or any other school in South Africa amazing facilities we three great games um, where we found out a lot about the players and, and we were able to I suppose sharpen our skills as coaches as well um, so it was, it, was, it was a great experience and Sunday week we head into camp then for the Autumn Internationals we haven't played South Africa since 2017 I think a week later we play Fiji who, who are uh, a very strong side now who, who have an excellent coaching staff and, and Australia who had a tough rugby championship but um, have some real talent and to Nixon coach and stuff as well so we head into a big three weeks now with Ireland and I know the Emerging Ireland tour it was set up to maybe see some talent that you hadn't always seen at that elite level have you got that out of it? Yeah well I suppose we always see them but we don't know them you know we watch them playing intermittently but we don't get to know uh, we don't get to know the person and we don't get to know I suppose their struggles in terms of trying to break through and trying to get selected in the provinces. So from that point of view, for us to, uh, I suppose, to sharpen our skills, because international rugby, you don't have a, you don't have a pre-season in, in, in international rugby no. to bet in what you're going to do. Very often you come together and you're literally, you're playing an international match 12 days later. So there's a real skill in, in trying to get a team ready to play. And this time, we had seven days to get ready to play and we had to travel to uh, South Africa via Dubai into Johannesburg, stay the night and fly down to Bloemfontein. Okay. So there was a real challenge in, in getting ready as quickly. So you have to have real clarity in what you're doing. So for us as a coaching staff, that was brilliant. Um, and then brilliant to see some of the young players, you know, guys that certainly would have been... I suppose on our radar and we were excited for them to come through but we're probably more excited about uh, about some of them now and and uh, and that's only good for Irish rugby. I'm watching on there was some impressive players as you said Tom O'Hearn was someone that I thought stood out. Yeah I suppose we three games so some guys were obviously going to get more game time than others you know so if you started that first game you had a good chance because there was only four days between the second game and the third game you had a good chance of starting the third game. Luckily for us a lot of the guys stayed injury free um, and Tom Ahern was one that done did really well. I mean we 
I think we conceded uh, 18 penalties. I think it was actually more. I think the official number is 18 penalties in the last game, which meant we were defending a lot of lineouts. And luckily for us, he, you know, it's a skill set that he he's very good at. He's very good at kick off, receive. He's a very powerful ball carrier. So he had a great tour. But you know, all the second rows. You know, I, I was a second row myself, so I'm probably watching all, all the second rows more than anyone else. But all our second rows did really well on the tour. Um, um, Brian Dean. Joe McCarthy, uh, Cormac is a Chuku. Um, you know they're a different type of athlete to what we had when I was playing. They're 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 big men, but they're fast, they're powerful, they're athletic, they move really well. Um, so to see that calibre of second row coming through on the tour was brilliant. And I suppose for the clubs to see their players going away playing, it wasn't the ideal scenario for them. But the likes, I suppose, of Jack Crowley, he probably got more time than he would have if he probably stayed here at Munster. Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose it's a challenge all the time, isn't it, for 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 playing time for 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 teams and and they they you know the other challenge is they need players at home for training against yeah. to allow them to prepare for for games at the weekend. You know, it's hard. So uh, we understood the challenges, sure, but we, we felt there was a bit of a trade-off there that would be good and. Uh, and for us to 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 talk to some of these players, coach some of them, you know, play a game, review it, try and fix something for the following day, and see for the following game and see how they react to that. There was real value in that for us to see how they handled that. It was real value in that for us to be able to try some things as well. Um, um, and I hope in time, you know, people appreciate the trade-off. There was a risk in it for sure. Um, provinces, I think, I would say, weren't happy to lose some players. Were happy for other players to be getting game time because that's a challenge for everyone. So, um, hopefully, the trade-off work works out in the end. Great. And how much are you enjoying your coaching role with Ireland at the moment? Yeah, I love it. It's it's busy. It's um, you know there's. There's so much to be done. You know, you could be watching footage all night. It's trying to figure out what's really important and, and focusing on that. And I think the more you coach, the better you get at that. Uh, you know, I know that, you know, Andy Simon to be in particular would be really good at, at figuring out what's important and focusing on that. And uh, um, But for me, it's been great. It's been great to be involved with... Uh, with a mixture of coaches who all look at the game differently, all can collaborate quite well. You know, we can argue. I suppose we trust each other enough to be able to argue and try and get to the right get to the right answer rather than 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 it be an argument. So, um, so I really enjoy it. Really, really enjoy it. It's it's it gives you a bit of balance, I think, as well. International rugby in that. When you're in it and you have games, you're you're full on. You're away from home, but when you're home, mm-hmm. you do have a bit of time. You know, if you can plan your time properly, you can still bring the kids to school. You can still collect them a few days. You can bring them to a match at the weekend or that kind of thing, and, and double it up that way. So, um, so when you have a young family, it, it's good. It's tough when you're in the club game. I know that. Um, you know, you have a game every week. Mm-hmm. You have a game to review every week. So. The club game can be a bit tougher, but people figure it out. But I must say, I really enjoy the international game. And was that always the ambition that when you retired as a player that you'd go on to be a coach? I don't think it was always the ambition, certainly a good few years before I retired. And then as I was coming to retirement, I was watching the workload of some of the coaches uh, at the time. And, and I wasn't so sure if it was for me. And 
I was lucky then that Munster were quite supportive to me in that they, they you know, they gave me an academy role where I wasn't full-time. The RFU were very supportive to me in that I, I coached the under-20s for a period and got to work with some great coaches there. I travelled abroad for a year with, with, with Paris. So I got a quite a good bit of experience. Um, and I suppose when the international role came along, um, having known Andy and Simon Easterby and John Fogarty, uh, previously I knew there would be guys that I could work with and enjoy working with and it was a fantastic opportunity and one which I'm, I'm really enjoying and I don't know if you've seen it yet the documentary with Brian O'Driscoll after the roar mm. um, it's just really impressive to see I suppose a insight into what it's like to retire from an elite sport and I suppose the struggles and the challenges with that for you how was it when you retired? Yeah it's hard it's, it's definitely hard and I think I think one of those things, you know, I know um, Tommy Bow did, did a documentary as well before and, and, and Brian's documentary is excellent. And I, I think one of the things it does for players that are retiring, it, it makes them realise this is going to be hard, you know. Um, I think sometimes you might look at social media and think a lot of guys have it sorted, but very few have. I think every single player struggles when he finishes because it's such a big change. Uh, it's such a big change in lifestyle. And it's such a big change in terms of uh, figuring out what you're going to do next and what you're going to be passionate about and where you're going to put your time. So um, I think that's the first step, you know, if you can actually admit this is going to be hard. Um, and if you're happy that you can see that other people find it hard as well, because I certainly did and I still continue to find it hard. You know, I still miss playing terribly. Um, but, uh, but I think the more like anything with mental health the more you see people having the same struggles as you might have and the more you see people talking openly about it the more other people are encouraged to talk openly about it and, and get help so um, so I think it was I think it's a brilliant documentary and I think it's good for future players who are retiring yeah absolutely I think it really normalized uh, you know that is absolutely normal even if you're at the highest point in your life and playing at elite level it, it's normal to feel like that yeah and some people feel that you know other some players finish with 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 better better opportunities than others but the struggle doesn't really have anything to do with that I think you know you gotta you gotta figure out what you're going to do in your head you got to figure out that it'll be tough for a few years while you're figuring out you got to you got to realize you don't have to have all the answers as well yeah. um but it's well worth considering and and discussing it and and getting a bit of help before you do make the decision to retire or or as is very often the case now that the decision to retire is forced upon you yes absolutely and Munster at the moment they've lost three out of the, the four games so far this season not the ideal start and new coaching team in there as well so it's not been easy for them no it's not been easy for them but I had coffee with one of the Bulls uh, Blue Bulls fitness coaches there in Limerick at the moment and uh, I worked with one of them Steph Francais I had coffee with with one of them yesterday they lost they lost I think six out of their first seven last year and ended up in the final um, you know and they, they learned lessons they, they really struggled at the start of the year against the Irish teams they realised they had to change what they were doing and they were very adaptable so Munster have, have made big changes to their to their coaching staff they've made big changes to how they want to do things and uh, 
you know, they just need to remain calm and, and, and hang in there and it come right. They've very, very good people involved in the coaching setup. I know that Andy, uh, Simon, Cassie and, and John Fogarty struggled when they first took over from Joe Schmidt after the World Cup. And I think if you know what you stand for and you've clarity in terms of how you wanna how you wanna play, um, it takes time to bed in. But if you do have that clarity and know what you stand for it'll come right in the end and uh, be confident that will happen at Munster as well. Yes, as you said, big game against Bulls this weekend. So they're back in Tomon Park, first time in nearly six months. Yeah, it's exciting for them. Um, exciting for the coaching staff as well. The likes of Mike Prendergast, who's been away for so long. The likes of Dennis Leamy, who's been retired and, and been away coaching as well. So I'd say a lot of them are very excited for the game at the weekend. And, you know, sometimes you just need... You know, you just need a few little things to go your way, get a result and, 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 and a few of the things that you're trying to make part of your game, you know, a few of those things to work so that people can go, yeah, OK, this works. Um, let's stick with us. So hopefully that happens for them at the weekend. And lastly, then, just to chat about Johnny Sexton. He's still doing it for Leinster, still doing it for Ireland. What is it about Johnny Sexton? <laughs> I think all the players, you know, the more you play the game, the more you the more you you see the pictures and you, and and you 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 become instinctive in in what the right decisions t to make are so he's he's obviously played at a high level for a long time but he's trained at a massively high level as well for a long time so i, I think he just he, he you know he sees the pictures very quickly and 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 is able to make decisions based on his experience and that's the challenge really for for every out half they touch the ball you know, second most in the team after the number nine. They're the guys that have to make the decisions. And and the more times they've been in, put in that position to make decisions and and they've made them wrong and they've reviewed it and figured out why it was wrong, the better chance they have of it being instinctive. And uh, I think that's where he is at the moment. Uh, the way Leinster play and the way we play suits him. Mm -hmm. He's very comfortable with it. He understands it. He's figured it out. And... Uh, because of that, he looks very calm when he plays, very in control when he plays, and uh, it's it's a joy to watch. It's just, uh, um, you know, it's it's great seeing him competing as well. I mean, that's what the funny thing about him is: is winning doesn't take the edge off. I think it makes it worse, which is which is a great team for any a great thing for any team he plays on. Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.